Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. On this week's episode is my friend Malika, the branding expert. It amazes me her story, how she moved from city to city with her family, creating new businesses along the way. I can't wait for you to listen. Don't forget, subscribe and review. See you soon. Malika, so happy you're here. I miss you, girl. You moved away from us. You brought all your genius. Well, it's online, but you took all your genius away from our, uh, our little meetings. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited for you in this podcast. That's amazing. Um, and I do. I miss all my New Jersey peeps so much. Um, it's definitely not the same up here in Maine. Um, different, but not the same. Yes, I actually went to camp in Maine, close to where you are. I don't remember the name of the town, but I remember looking at the map where you told me you were going. It was around there somewhere. I went to sleepaway camp a couple of years up there. So I love, I have an affinity for Maine. So I'll have it's to come a beautiful visit you. place. It's definitely a beautiful place. It's peaceful. It's really nature inspired. There's tons of camps up here. So a lot of, <laughs> actually a lot of my kids' friends' um, kids come up here. So it's nice that we have a still some ties to New Jersey over the summer. Oh, you can't get rid of the New Jersey in you. I know there's lots of, you've been, you've moved a lot of times, but when you've been in, you were in New Jersey for a long time and we kind of stick inside <laughs> what's going on. Yes. New, New Jersey was my longest um, outside of like growing up in the suburbs of New York, but New Jersey, we were there for nine years and that was the longest my family has been anywhere. So that was uh, a big deal for us. We, you know, we have a lot of roots in New Jersey. Our family's nearby. We really loved our time down there. And we loved having you down here. And especially, you know, uh, I think I met you a, a while, years and years ago, where you were just starting to do photography, not just starting, you were doing brand photography. But I know, but, so you've lived a lot of places. Like where were you? So you grew up in outside of New York. And where'd you go after that? After school, you graduated from and went to where? So yes, I grew up in the suburbs of a town called New City, New York. Um, and then I went to Michigan for undergrad. I went to um, Emerson College for graduate school in Boston. And then I lived in New York City. I had my first job in advertising. That was my dream to um, be in the Big Apple and to be working you know, in the high rise skyscrapers, mm -hmm. trying to get that corner office and working on <laughs> um, advertising campaigns. Uh, I worked in beauty, which I loved. 
you know, lipstick and makeup. It was just like right up my alley and working on TV and print and billboards. I mean, back in the day, we didn't have social media. So um, <laughs> it was really like the traditional forms of media. And that was a lot of fun. But then when I got married, um, you know, my husband is in the medical field. And so he is a doctor, he's a surgeon, and he's super, right. super specialized. So that means that he had to do training for about 12 years after medical school. So if you can only imagine. <laughs> oh um, and that training took us across the country, like two years here, three years there. So I've lived New York, California, back to New York, Colorado, back to California, down to Florida, up to New Jersey, and now up in Maine. I am so glad you love him because that is a <laughs> lot. Well, that, that's just a lot to ask of a wife or a girlfriend or fiance, you know, before you have kids. And I'm assuming you didn't date for 17 years before you met, you know, before you left New York. I, we did it. And I mean, and luckily my family is in medicine also. Like my dad's a doctor, my brother's a doctor. So I know what the journey is like on paper. But once you're in it, it's a totally different world. Like, so my husband didn't get his first job until he was 36. So he had, you know, we were a young family. Like I had to opt out of my career path so that I could raise the kids because he worked like a hundred hour week. Like we never saw him. He worked, you know, 6 a.m. till the next day slept and went back to work till the next day slept. Like it was a crazy, crazy phase of our life um, during his training, which was hard. It was definitely, you know, hard on me, on the family, but, you know, somehow you get through it. And, and you know, in retrospect, I can look back um, and say that we had this rich, robust journey of living in different places and meeting new people. And we have friends everywhere. And my kids are all born in different states. Um, but during the time, it was painful. But now as I look back, I can say, you know, what a rich experience that was for us. And says a lot about who your stamina and who you are. Like I, I grew up in New Jersey. I did go to LA for a little while and I realized it was too slow for me when I was in my twenties and I came right back and married somebody who grew up like six miles from me. So your experience is totally foreign to me, but it sounds like, um, you, you just had to keep the homestead essentially. And you had a I'm thinking like you moved to a new city and then you had to find the new pediatrician and the new CVS and the new, you know, where's the grocery store and you're by yourself a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I mean, those times are like dark days, you know, you're away from your family. You are a solo parent. Your husband also, I mean, my husband was working really hard. So it wasn't like I could, you know, yell at him because he was working so hard. And then you have these two young kids that are so needy. Um, and you're right. It's like you have to learn the new school systems. You have to find the new people for play dates. Um, you need to find the pediatrician, like all of the things. And then when you're two years in and you're finding your groove, it's like, okay, we have to go to the next place for his next training. Um, yeah, so it, it's not easy, but I think it builds grit. I think it builds resilience. I think... Mm -hmm. For me, like I learned a lot of lessons of, you know, meeting people who I may never have thought I could be friends with, but 
because you're in survival mode, you kind of overcome differences and you find the common ground and you grow as people, you know? And so I feel like now that I'm like almost 50 and we're settled and we're on the other end of it now, right? Like we're not struggling financially anymore. We're like living the life that we always thought we were going, we were striving for during that journey. Um, I feel like I have a lot of different friends that are so, they're so diverse from all parts of the country, all ethnicities, all religions, um, socioeconomic backgrounds. I mean, and that's pretty cool, I think. I think it allows me just to be able to relate to so many different people. I use that now in my business, you know, um, but that was a skill I learned through that journey. And, and knowing you and knowing your business, I can see how that works for you and how, you know, relating to different people and being able to, to, I, this is how I see you. I, I feel like you meet people where they are and then you're like, okay, now, now we can do this together. But I'm assuming that, cause I'm thinking back when my kids were little, you know, I, I didn't wait till they were in elementary school because I, I needed to do something else but raise the kids. I couldn't, you know, in my head, I was going to be, I'm going to be one of those ladies who lunches and does tennis. And then when I was a mom, I was like, I can't do this. I need to do something real. Did, that, did you go through that change as well? Oh my God, absolutely. So, you know, I worked in corporate, in advertising, in New York City, my oldest son, who is now 18, you know, he was born in New York and I always thought I would put him in daycare or have a nanny and I would go to work. And I remember being pregnant and looking at my options at the time and there was like this daycare center in a basement with no windows. And I was yeah. like, how <laughs> could I put him there? Like no one would be a better mother than me. And that was like a wake up call. Like I couldn't, ask my husband to do it just because of what his work was like. I couldn't ask my parent. My parents were, were working. I didn't, we didn't have the money for a full-time nanny and the daycare. I was just like, it wasn't, it was off the table. And so I had to shift everything and just decide to opt out and be the at home mom and put some of those dreams on the back burner um, and that was hard, you know, because you, you get educated, you work up the corporate ladder, you get the corner office with the window, you get the title and the salary, and then you have a family and all of those goals and priorities get reshuffled because now you have that baby. And at the end of the day, for me, for me, this was my choice, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. makes their choices and there's no judgment, but my choice was that I couldn't do that. And then I had to put everything in the back burner and take care of my son and then travel for in support of my husband's career and his dreams um, and then have another child. But while I was doing that, I always had ideas. I mean, actually, when my oldest son was born, I had launched a handbag company in New York City. Um, oh. I had a box of these Indian saris that I had from my grandmother and my mom, and they were all collecting dust. And I think just new motherhood sparked creativity. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to take these fabrics and I'm going to start making handbags. And I call them bangle bags. They had a bangle um, handle, which you would put on your wrist so that if you were going to a restaurant or a bar or the club, you never had to put your bag down and you had a beautiful silk exotic looking bag, right? I don't sew, but I found someone to do that for me. But it was more 
like a hobby, to be honest, something that had my creative juices flowing while I was home right. with the, with my son and I would fit it in when I could. And I would go to like some trade shows here and there, but it was never serious. But then of course we move, right? So I move from New York and I go to Colorado. I have another child and the Colorado market is not interested in bangle bags, you know? <laughs> so I take the same fabrics and I launch a different company called Kid Guru and I do applique t-shirts using those saris. So making dinosaurs and sailboats and, and, but again, it was still another, it was a hobby really. It wasn't right. like a full-fledged business. It was never profitable, but it was something to keep me sane, to be honest, because I had oh, yeah. that itch that I couldn't just be 100% of a mom. But then we move again. We move to California. We go to the Bay Area, and I'm like, forget it. I can't keep finding people to create these things. Um, and that's when I picked up a camera. And the camera was me, my vision, my I didn't have to rely on anyone else and just started taking pictures of my kids. Um, and it just opened up a whole new world for me. It was like a lifeline that now I could maybe have a photography business that I didn't have to find, um, you know, a seamstress and outsource. I could right, actually support do this and bring and bring it with me because I knew I'd be moving again. So, right. um, but, what was, but that what, was kind of like my journey there. Yeah, well, what do you think was in you to, to start all these businesses? I know you said there was some itch, but there had to be, you know, something that you learned as a kid or some lesson that you learned or something, a, a muscle that you created for yourself that was like, I'm not only going to have this idea, but I'm going to go find somebody to sew this and I'm going to sell this. I know you said it wasn't profitable, but a lot of people wouldn't even know how to start a business or even do something like that and then recreate it in a different way in another city and then move again. Like, where does that come from? I mean, I think I'm pretty driven. Um, I think yes. <laughs> like when people say you, you, you can't do your mom, you're never going to be able to launch a business. That's like fuel to the fire. And I'll be like, you just wait and see, you just wait and see. And I'm going to do it. And I remember when I was in California and I was just starting to do photography, a friend, and she didn't mean this in a mean way. We were sitting, it was like, we dropped the kids off at kindergarten. You know, you're sitting, having coffee. And I was saying that I was interested in pursuing photography, but I'm all self-taught. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, you're never going to be able to do that. If, especially if you want another child, which we were thinking about, because she was a mother of three boys. She said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but if you have another child, it's really going to be hard. You're never going to be able to have a business and that. And that seed, like, I was like, you just uh -oh. wait and see that <laughs> I am going to make it, even if it has to happen, like, takes me 10 years. You know, if, even if it takes a long, long time, even if it's not a six-figure business, I'm going to do it because... I have that drive, I guess, in me and the passion to do something for me. It's really important for me to do something for me, not for my kids, not for my husband. I've invested so much in them. We all do, right? As mothers, right. as wives. But I was really patiently waiting for something for me. Um, and I mean, it really, it took a long time. Like now I feel like, all of that, I have the fruits of my labor. Now I'm on the other right. side. You know, my husband's on the other side with his job. The kids are older now. So it's not like you're, 
you know, struggling with the time of like being right. with them and being with the business. And, and I love what I do now. I, I really I know you do. do. What would you say to, to a mom that gets that kind of feedback from their community though? Cause I know I'm, I hear it all the time from moms and they say it themselves, but I feel like somebody said that to them. Somebody told them their limitations. Like what would you say, what would you say to, in that same conversation now to that mom? You need to find your tribe. Those aren't your people and that's okay. They're your friends. They fit a certain role for you, but there are other women that have the passion and the drive to do motherhood and entrepreneurship or even working in the corporate, whatever it is, you just have to find your people so that they speak the same language as you, so that they support you, they're your cheerleaders, that they understand like, you know, how hard it is. You know, you and I were mompreneurs. We have kids at yeah. home. We work from home. We have big dreams for our business. These are not hobbies. We want to make good income to, you know, contribute to our families. We want to service our audience and help them in certain ways and make breakthroughs and have impact. Like those are big things. And so if you're not finding that at your, you know, coffee clutch after drop off, <laughs> then those aren't your people and that's okay. But they're, they exist. You just have to work harder to find them. They do. And I think that's, we met through a networking group and I had been searching for my tribe. I think it had to be for five or six years. I had actually started my own networking group that I had, you know, a lot of people showing up for. And after a while I was like, I'm not getting paid for this, whatever. Not even understanding that there were networking, mompreneur networking groups out there to even be a part of. So when I met you and I met the, the lovely women that were in your tribe at that part, and now they're in my tribe. I was so happy and felt so much more at home and that I could accomplish those big dreams because the people around were me saying, yes, you can. That's a great idea. You should do this. Go meet that person instead of no, that's not going to work. And we hear that all the time. Right. And the, you know, and the judgment, like, yeah, you don't need the judgment. Everyone's making choices that fit themselves and their families. And so it's really nice to find people who are like-minded and won't, judge you for maybe not, you know, going and being the classroom parent because you are taking client calls all day or working from home. So, you know, it's, you just have to really work hard to find your people. And I think, you know, with social media and online um, virtual opportunities, it's much easier now than when it was like five years ago. So much easier. And I, and I find that I have different groups for different things. You know, I have my podcast people, I have my online people, I have my health people, my publicity people, and, and them all together really give me that foundation to build my business on because not only to have people to talk to, but have people to share what you're doing, which you're actually, I want to commend you for that. You're actually really, really good at that. I always notice how you, you're always supporting, you always support me, but I see you support our friends. And that's really that having that solid foundation helps everything just move better. Did knowing you had those people in your pocket make it easier for you to move to Maine? Yes. Although, you know, it makes me sad because it, you know, I you know. In, invest a lot of time and energy in building those relationships. And then to think, you know, coming to Maine, it's like, it's hard to have to rebuild everything from scratch again. I mean, of course I'm used to this. You've heard my journey. We do this, <laughs> yes. you know, all the know, time. But it, it, I feel like it gets harder as you get older too. Um, mm -hmm. My kids aren't, aren't young anymore. I'm not hosting like 
playdates with the parents. And so, right. you know, there's a social aspect of meeting friends, especially during COVID and social distancing. And then there's, of course, the networking of you don't have the in-person networking as much, but there are still opportunities. I mean, I'm like all over it here in Maine. I found organizations that host virtual masterminds, some that are free, some that are paid. I've been like in Facebook groups and doing coffee chats via Zoom with new people. So you have to hustle, you have to work hard, um, but it does help knowing that even though I'm not in New Jersey, that we have these virtual spaces that I can maintain those ties and those relationships. Um, I mean, and a lot of you know my my clients and friends and students are like, we want to come to Maine, and when your barn is done, <laughs> oh, yeah. have you do a photo shoot. So totally. I think. It's all relationship building. People will stick with you if you help each other, if you're authentic, and if you are generous, um, and if you really can help them meet their goals and, and make positive changes for themselves. So, and that's what you do, and that's what I've seen you do online. And I know you have your membership where you do that for the for for the, your members as well. But this really all started with a camera. So, how did being a photographer and shooting your kids go from that to being an award-winning brand builder? I know, right? Um, so, <laughs> I started taking pictures of my kids because we lived in California, and all of my family was in New York and New Jersey, and I didn't want my boys to be like the weird cousins on the West Coast that nobody knew. <laughs> So I would like take pictures that I felt were storytelling oriented, how they laughed, how they jumped, what were their favorite things. So there was always like a context of a story. And then of course that just snowballed into taking pictures for the kindergarten class and then getting my first client and then having this business. But then when we moved from California to Florida and then from Florida to New Jersey, once I got to New Jersey, I started to feel that the market was so competitive and saturated, children's photography, family photography. And I was like, how am I gonna you know, get my name out there? How am I gonna rebuild my brand again? And that is when I started doing um, more networking. I, I joined big, Believe, Inspire, Grow. And that was like a pivotal time for my business because now I was surrounding myself with other business owners and I was hearing their struggles with business um, and, you know, building a brand. And then I, it was at a time where online marketing was also starting to explode. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, people were using it for business. And so I decided to do headshots. Um, and I did headshots as well as children's portraits. And I was doing teens and seniors. I was doing all of the things. My brand was a mess. And then I decided that if I really wanted to become an expert in something, I had to cut the fat and just hone in on one thing. And in 2015, I decided I was going to do brand and business photography and get rid of everything else. And everyone was shocked. Like, how can you do it? Why are you rocking the boat? You're doing everything so well. And I just knew that if, if you want to get known for something, you can't get be known for everything. You have to pick a lane. You have to find your expertise. And I was kind of, you know, weaving in my past of marketing and advertising into business photography and brand photography. Um, and once I niched down and became really focused on that, I just saw my business started growing. Um, I was starting to do, you know, the storytelling for businesses, you know, working with coaches and consultants and designers. And what I found was that this type of photography, it wasn't 
vanity, you know, pretty photos just for the sake of being pretty. It was intentional to grow your business. So I was asking deep questions of like, you know, what are your goals? What's your vision? Where do you, who is your ideal client? Because all of those pieces to me meant that the photos would be stronger if I knew the strategy behind it. So as I started doing it more and more, I started getting really strong at the just as strong as the strategy part as I was at the visual storytelling part. And so I thought I could differentiate myself as a photographer because more people were entering brand photography as a strategist as well as the photographer. Um, and then that began to evolve into creating a course just for brand strategy, which then evolved to a membership to help people to build their brand. So now I do everything <laughs> under the umbrella of branding, which is brand photography, which is kind of my premium one-to-one -one service. And then I have this brand membership, which um, is more about really helping women in business build their brands you know, some are experienced, some are newbies, but what you need is ongoing support. You, it's not a one and done sort of thing. And your brand isn't your website where you think it's up and then you're all set. It's never <laughs> like that. Your brand no. is always, it's organic. It's always evolving. And I help the women really get clear on their message um, and boost their confidence so that they can get out there and be bolder with sharing it, be more visible. Um, and then when opportunities come their way, they sometimes need to lean on me and in the membership with like, oh my God, I got this opportunity. What do I do next? You know, so it's, it's getting real answers in real time so that you're always progressing, which it's been really, really fun to have this, um, new business added to my, you know, photography business. Right. And I love it. And my favorite thing that happens once in a while, I'll be like, and I'll be talking to somebody we both know and they'll be like, oh, Alika said, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's the best. I, like when I know somebody who knows what they're doing and somebody who has built it for themselves really helps the people coming up and they're so excited just to tell everybody who's helped them. It's a, it's such a, an homage to, um, to who you're, who you are in, on a soul level. So I really appreciate you for that. But you didn't mention your brand photography playbook, which I have my copy. I'm actually looking at it right now. I should have had you sign it before you left us. Um, but that was something you, you, produced and had um, published on your own? Yes. Yeah, so three years ago when, you know, after I decided to really hone in on brand photography, I started educating the, the, um, my audience, my network about what it is, because it was more than a headshot. Like, you know, these were images that told stories that built connections with your audience that helped you stand out to give you depth and distinction. And I kept getting the same questions being asked. And so I started taking a log of the questions so that I could just copy and paste it when I would be in a networking group or on a Facebook group. And then I thought, I have so many questions here. I should really develop a book around this because it's timely. People are more visible now. They are everywhere from, you know, your newsletter to your social media to LinkedIn. Like we're all using visuals to tell our story so that we can differentiate from everybody else. And so you know, I decided to create a book that was a little bit different than the, a business book. I wanted to have visuals. I wanted it to feel like a magazine almost that would feel inspiring and have a, a big design component to it so that you can go back to it and like just flip through it and land on a page and you would get not only content, but you would 
feel creative and get inspiration from what you were seeing. Um, and it was really one of the, it was hard to write the book because it's just <laughs> a crazy process. And I had, you know, I had some help. I had an editor um, and a publisher who, you know, helped me, a publishing coach who helped me with a self-publishing route. But now that I have the book, it's opened up so many doors for me because it helps position me as an expert. It helps um, add credibility to me and differentiate me from now brand photographers. They're everywhere. Um, and right. so I'm so glad that I, I did it, even though it was a labor of love. Um, but and now I still, you know, use it, reference it, repurpose the content. Um, so it's been a great, great tool for my business. Oh, having that book is really a makes really does it really establishes you as an expert because it's something tangible and people can really hold on to. And it's gorgeous, by the way. Everyone should get their copy. Thank you. Uh, but so you've you've done so much and you've come to this place and it, and it feels like to me you're so much more at peace with what you're doing and you and you're aligned with what you're doing and you feel like you're firing all cylinders. In the time of COVID, you know, I'm thinking. If I want to get new brand photography, I'm not going to be in my office and you can't see me at the, you know, build that story around working at my desk or being on a set or, you know, shooting a segment. What advice do you have for somebody who's trying to figure out what to do next for themselves? So it's tough right now, um, brand photography for both people who want it and for the photographers, because it's limited the places that you can go. Um, and when you are out and about, you have to wear a mask. So what can you really do? And so a lot of, um, you know, what I tell photographers is, you know, really use the time right now before winter hits to be outdoors and to try to tell stories as best as you can, incorporating personality, incorporating the per people's process um, and showing their products in an interesting way. But it is a little difficult, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, before I left New Jersey, I had eight photo shoots lined up and I had to cancel every single one of them. But I'm hoping that the world opens up so that there are, you know, safety is always the most important thing. Right. So if the, if the location is safe, if you have a comfort level with your photographer, I still think you can tell those stories. Um, you might have to think outside of the box a little bit because you're not going to be able to have all the locations that you did last year. Um, but you could use props in a way that will really help augment your story. You could really use your styling to tell your personality. Um, you're going to have to work a lot harder now to tell your story because of the limitations that we have. But it is not impossible. Um, that's why hiring a specialist, someone who knows business, marketing, and branding is really important versus hiring, let's say, a wedding photographer to take your photos. Because <laughs> to, together, you guys can brainstorm and how can you tell your story in the age of COVID in a safe way that allows you to really share the essence of your brand. Um, so luckily up in here in Maine, you know, we don't have as many cases. And I think New Jersey is safer now. At one point, it was such a hot spot. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, you're, you're going to have to, photographers might have to create home studios, you're going to have to have release forms that your clients have to sign so that everybody is responsible um, and not liable. And I think you're going to have to really brainstorm and be creative about how you're going to demonstrate your story again through styling through props through the backdrops because 
you're not going to have as much freedom anymore. And I, I don't want it to sound like a downer, but that's just the reality of what it is. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So it's prop styling and personality, I think is really um, what we should all be focusing on. And for everything we're doing, for the fo photos we're taking for ourselves to actually having a photographer come in and help us um, or a brand strategist like you are. So Malika, I, you know, I adore you. I'm, I've learned so much more. You know, we've had a zillion conversations, but I learned so much more about who you are and, and why you do the things you do and how you do them. So I was already all in. So I hope our audience can see that they need to be all in on you too. Um, I know you have a special freebie for our audience. Will you tell us about it, please? Yes. So I have um, a freebie called the Brand Visibility Booster, which will share all of my key images that I try to create for my clients or six key images that I feel on every entrepreneur needs. And so this will be a great guideline, especially during COVID, if you are struggling with what stories to tell, that now you have some ideas that you could even do with your iPhone if you can't meet with a photographer. These are ideas that we can all implement. Plus in the freebie is a lookbook where you'll see four entrepreneurs, real women, and you'll get a little glimpse of the images that we've captured together to bring their brands to life through visual storytelling. Okay, so everybody, please go to the show notes and you can find all the information there. Malika, it's always great to see you. I hope that one day soon I can come up to see your barn and get some actual Malika photos taken from my business as well. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It was so much fun to chat with you today. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNightick.com. Plus now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.